Welcome to the PaxX Podcast, now available on iTunes. This is episode six of the show where we talk about everything to do with the passenger experience. I'm Mary Kirby, and I'm joined by my co-host, Max Flight. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully and really happy to be talking with you again this week. I know, and another very cold, uh, very snowy <laughs> surroundings. I know. I know. Uh, but we manage, we manage. I've got the heat up to 82 degrees now in my house. So, um, so before we get started, we'd like to thank our new sponsor, Lumexis, uh, for sponsoring this week's podcast. Lumexis is widely known for providing its fiber to the screen, fiber optics based in flight entertainment system on Fly Dubai's Boeing 737s. It is also deploying the system on Turkish and Transaero's wide body aircraft, and it's working with Boeing for line fit offerability. Additionally, Lumexis is extremely active in wireless IFE. Its new FTTS second screen wireless solution allows passengers to use one or more of their own PEDs simultaneously to wirelessly access moving maps, food selection, catalog purchases, games, or any of the dozens of other server-based FTTS applications without interrupting their HD movie running on the seat back or in our monitors. So thank you, Lumexis. Now, it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest today, Benet Wilson, who probably doesn't need any introductions. Benet is known throughout the aviation industry as the Aviation Queen. She is the social media newsletter editor for the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. She's author of the Aviation Queen blog and also, I'm happy to say, a contributor to Runway Girl Network. She is also creator and curator of the popular escapist Facebook forum, I Love Sitting in First and Business Class. Benet, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Mary, thank you so much for uh, having me on. I'm doing great, and I'm just so thrilled to be here. And Benet, so good to be talking to you again. Benet and I are just great pals. We, uh, we, we see each other occasionally and talk frequently. I know, I know. And reg- a regular also on the Airplane uh, Geeks podcast, and, and rightfully so. That's right, our Aunt Benet. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look at some of the top PaxX news stories making the headlines this week. First, Benet has written a piece titled, 10 Passengers You Don't Want to See at the Airport or on Your Flight. And it's generating a lot of discussion and social media and in the forums. But Benet, can you tell us, why did you write this piece? I wrote the piece because I was chatting with a friend, um, my friend Nick Popper. He and I went to college together, didn't really know each other, but he travels a lot. And we've become great friends on Facebook and Twitter. And he talked about a a woman in the United Club at Dulles who was sprawled out all over the floor and had her mm-hmm. luggage in the seat. And he, would, uh, he sent me a message on Facebook asking me if this was proper etiquette. And I said, no. And it's also unhygienic because she was lying on the floor. So then the bell went off and I started thinking about the people that I see in the airports or on um, airplanes that are just not playing nicely with others. And so that's how it came about. And I, I think I touched a nerve with people. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you did, Vinay. Um, a number of them are, are quite interesting, of course. And, and one, of, one of your uh, uh, pet peeve topics, uh, the chatty Kathy. And of course, uh, you're concerned, obviously, that that chatty Kathy will, will make their way in flight if the in-flight mobile connectivity rules change here in the United States. But the chatty Kathy is also at the airport, right? 
Oh, yes. Um, Some of the conversations that I have heard sitting at the gate waiting to board my flight would curl your hair. And it just, it never ceases to amaze me the private personal conversations that people feel they can have in public and they think that no one is listening. I um, I have a, a, a slight pet peeve uh, about people who cut their toenails. I mentioned this on your, uh, <laughs> you know, it happens. This is fascinating when people do the, the nail cutting uh, in flight or, or at the airport. Um, yes, Max, any interesting ones? <laughs> yeah, there's something about that sound of those clippers. But, you know, Benet, <laughs> I, when I looked across your list, I, I think I've met almost all of these people. The, the smelly one. Sometimes people just, I don't know, either they've been traveling too much or they didn't uh, practice proper hygiene before they left and you're, you're left with the, uh, the cloud around them. Uh, the baggage claim hogs, uh, people that barge in and grab their, their stuff and to sort of bully you out of the way without, without being polite. I, I, we see these people all over the place. I guess they just uh, kind of are sort of self-centered and that's just the way they treat life. Yeah, it's just it it just boggles the mind and I think my big one besides the chatty Cathy's are the seat switchers. It never fails when I get on a flight that somebody has not properly planned and wants to sit with their friends or their children and and I'm a mother so don't start flaming me. I buy tickets in advance and I choose my seats so I can sit with my child and even when I'm not traveling I do the same thing. And your planning, your poor planning is not my problem. And I know that sounds mean, but I like my aisle seat. Please <laughs> well, don't ask me to switch. Well, you know, you know, Benet, you know me. And, um, you know, I get I get a little hairy when when uh, when we about posts like this. You know that, right? Because yes. I fear because I, I feel like everybody is dealing with something and we don't know what their something is, you know. And, and so I, I get a little hairy about it. But uh, but then again, you know, then I think also to myself, the one the one passenger that I do find oh, somewhat infuriating is the passenger who tries to exit the aircraft before uh, the seats in front of him. You know that passenger? Oh, uh, just that, barges that down the does, aisle. Yeah, yeah, that does the bum rush up the aisle, you know, when the door and doesn't follow procedure line after line in, in terms of deplaning. I think that is is incredibly rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and the cousin to that one is, I call it salmon, salmon spawning, the person that has put their bag behind them, and they hop out of the seat, and they kind of try to bum rush their way to the back oh, to get their bag. Right. But of course, this is all a symptom of, of the, the issue that, that is, of, of course, occurring right now, and that is that, that things have gotten pretty tight, obviously, in the aircraft. Um, it's every man for himself, unfortunately, at this juncture, and, and, and that's just the way things have been structured. And you can understand that, that nerves are frayed. One thing that I think that we all need to start paying really close attention is the increase in uh, air rage incidences. We're, we're starting to see those climb. There's more and more headlines, and I know you cover some of the stuff that uh, some of this uh, of these things, Benet, you know, that, you know, the on your Friday posts. But what do you think in terms of are, are we going to should we worry about the fact that tensions are rising on board that aircraft? 
I think we should be concerned. I think people are just at their wits end with all of the um, stresses at the gate and checking in and insecurity. And I think people are just very anxious. And then when there's a weather incident or a mechanical, that just kind of raises the level of stress. And, you know, I think there's been a loss of civility. I think people are just you know, not being as nice as they could be, even in stressful situations. And it's it's very concerning. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And and just a heads up to our listeners um, and, and to you, Benet, John Walton, of course, uh, he has uh, been a guest on this show. He has written a piece uh, considering, and, um, and we're going to run it uh, this morning, considering all of the passengers that you mentioned in your piece, what they might be going through in their lives at that moment and why they may be acting in that fashion. So we've got a response to your piece coming. <laughs> I look forward to it because it's going to be interesting to see what the excuses are. (laughs) And maybe one last uh, comment on that is I I think it's valuable for all of us also to be a little introspective because probably each one of us has been one of those people at some point in our in our lives. So, you know, we, we do the same things to others sometimes without even realizing it or intending to. So it's good to look inward as well. Absolutely. Oh, no, not me, Max. I try <laughs> I to be just as kind as I can be. You are, Benet, absolutely. <laughs> well, Benet, you've recently written another post, uh, this time for the Runway Girl Network, and it's also generating some buzz. This is why weight is a deterrent to travel. Uh, and speaking of being introspective, this was a bit of an introspective piece. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that, and was it difficult to write? It was an introspective piece. It was difficult to write. Mary was very patient with me. Um, it actually came about because of another piece in the PAXX forum about a horrible man who did what Mary termed fat shaming on a um, Jetstar flight. And I read it and I was doing my usual reply when I do these because I've written about this topic. And then it was like, okay, now um, I have become one of those people and I'm not being honest about this. So I sent a quick email to Mary and asked her if I could write about this because um, I've always, you know, anybody who knows me, I am a woman of size, but I have always prided myself on being able to fit in my seat until I didn't. It's not easy, is it, Benet? I mean, uh, the, with respect to when, when you fly, can you tell us about w- what you face and, and, and what is the situation like? Do you need to, are, are you at that point where you are, are looking to buy a second seat or are you looking at the kind of the route happies and the seat gurus of the world to find out how much width you'll have in the seat? What, what, are, what are you doing? Um, I had gotten to that point when I got on that flight that I did not fit in one seat. And it was quite a shock and kind of disappointing and embarrassing. And, you know, you run the gamut of emotions. And I had to ask for the seat extender, which, again, totally embarrassing and humiliating. I was fortunate that I mean, it was just miraculous that this flight wasn't completely full and the people on the plane couldn't have been nicer. But, you know, you still feel the embarrassment and you're still thinking in the back of your head, you know, 
what are they thinking? Oh, this girl is just fat. And, you know, why can't she just lose weight? And, you know, it's nothing that I haven't said to myself. And, and this has been an ongoing battle, but this is the first time that I have not been able to fit in a seat. And then the second part of it, you know, people know that I am flight training, which yeah. I have wanted to do since I was a teenager. And that's been affected because it's, you know, I, those cockpits are, you guys complain about airplane seats. They're <laughs> nothing compared to the seats on a Cessna 172. And I love you, Cessna, please. This is no <laughs> slam on you. This is just the way it is. It's and tight. It's very tight, isn't it? It is very tight. And I put that seatbelt on and it's like I huffing and puffing and I get it on and I find myself it's difficult to breathe. And that thing is just cutting, cutting into my shoulder. And I'm thinking, okay, I have all these tasks, you know, flight training, there's a lot of things going on. And your instructor is talking to you. And there are all these things that you have to be aware of. And you're talking to the tower and you're already nervous. And so it's definitely affected my flight training. You know, it begs so many questions, Benet, um, of the airlines um, and also, of course, of these uh, 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 general aviation uh, manufacturers is, you know, we talk a lot about uh, the tight seats in these aircraft. The reality is that about 70 percent of uh, Americans are considered overweight. So so the reality is, Benet, obviously, you're definitely not alone. I find it so fascinating when people kind of uh, go on a rant about passengers of size when uh, the reality is that increasingly that's the majority of passengers. So let's just call a spade a spade there, you know? Size so, and height as well. And height. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's so true. And, you know, I see people on my flights and I think, how are they going to get into the seat? And if I'm thinking it, you know that people who aren't of size are thinking it too. And then you become one of those people and it's like, oh, dear, dear, dear. One, one of the really important things that obviously aircraft uh, manufacturers, seat makers and airlines have to do now is ensure that seat uh, armrests are completely flush against the back of that seat. So, you know, we've seen um, certain instances where those armrests jut out a little bit. And if you need two seats, if you need to, if, if somebody, if a passenger of size needs two seats, they can't have two seats and that armrest digging into, say, their shoulder blade. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, so that's a really important one. Um, obviously, also, uh, their airlines are increasingly installing airbags in some of these seats. And yet, and this is maybe a piece of information that, that not a whole lot of people know, those airbags disengage when you use a lap extender belt. And ah. that is something we're going to be writing a lot about in, on the platform and looking at does the level of st safety remain the same? Because those uh, airbags uh, are disengaged when you use a lap extender. So from an interior standpoint, there's a lot going on um, and a lot of things that need to be addressed. The manufacturers really need to step up. I mean, this is not an easy issue. I don't think this is something that can be solved quickly or particularly inexpensively. But, you know, if the industry itself doesn't kind of step up to this, you know, I worry that the regulators will. And that probably won't be pretty. 
Yeah, absolutely. And of course, also when they're testing these seats, they're testing them to 16 Gs. They're testing them, HIC testing, which is head impact testing, right? And they're using like a 5 foot 10, 200 pound dummy. That is that dummy representative of the average, uh, you know, flyer these days? I, I would argue. So. I don't think so. What about, no, no. I mean, it, it begs all the questions of, does that represent women that are petite? You know, it, let's go the other, the other, uh, you know, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. Does that, does that dummy represent petite people? And so I think there's all kinds of questions really about safety. And is it time for the FAA to renew its, uh, uh, this sub, uh, looking at this subject? I agree, Max, that the manufacturers need to look at this. But in the end, it's the airline that makes these choices on the kinds of seats that they put in. And, you know, begs the question, are they going to start acknowledging that their passengers are growing and getting larger and how they're going to handle it? I mean, we all have heard about what goes on with Southwest. And, I, you know, most airlines do have a policy, but they, they don't seem to be as stringent as Southwest is. And I'm not slamming on Southwest. They've always been great to me. And, you know, when I had my incident, it was it was handled very well. But, you know, it, it is something that the airlines have to look at, too. All right. Well, let's move on to our last topic for this episode. We're seeing more and more headlines about inequality in various industries, not just this. But as Joe Brancatelli mentioned last week, the aviation industry is full of old, bald, white men. <laughs> and I, I hit Two of the three of those. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it to, uh, to you. Benet knows which of the two. <laughs> but Benet, what's been your experience uh, as a woman in the industry? Is, is there a glass ceiling in terms of sea level management positions? I don't think that there's a glass ceiling per se. I mean, I think there, there, there's some level of that. But I think the bigger issue is the, the education paths that women take. Um, I mean, for example, my degree is in journalism. So, you know, that kind of fits me into that slot. But, you know, I have a niece who's going to University of North Dakota, um, the aerospace school, and she's doing engineering and she's getting her pilot's license. So she's getting an education that will allow her to get jobs in not the traditional, quote unquote, female type jobs that are in aviation. I, uh, I, uh, it's a very, very good point. And in fact, I read a, an article recently on uh, CNN that, that made that point, that, that uh, particularly with um, pilots, uh, commercial pilots, many of them obviously coming from the military, um, having been Air Force pilots, for example, and, and kind of graduating. And that's why you've got so many uh, men flying the planes. Um, so as things change, we're going to start seeing more women. Um, I, I have to say that I am quite disappointed that we don't see more women in those top management positions at airlines. And I am really curious as to why that is, because there are incredibly talented women out there, um, as you know yourself, Benet. And Benet, you've worked at, and we should highlight this, you've worked at a number of different companies, not just uh, in, obviously, in journalism, but also on the public relations side of the equation, Rolls-Royce, correct, and uh, Mesa Air Group. What, what, what has that been like? Because you've seen both sides. You know, we used to call in journalism, we used to call PR going to the dark side. I don't think we can call it that anymore because the world <laughs> is just changing so rapidly. And, 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 you know, it's all a bit it's, it's all starting to blur a little bit. But um, what, what was that like in, in comparison to your journalism uh, career? 
Well, I can say that working at all three of those companies, um, I was really fortunate that I did see women in what would be considered non-traditional areas of aviation. So when I was at Rolls-Royce, I did see women who were in engineering and um, doing things outside of the traditional marketing communications, HR. Also at Delta, you know, one of the people that I always admired was Gail Grimmett, who came in to do finance for Delta. She was a um, VP, and now she's the senior VP for New York for Delta. And, you know, she's basically running that whole New York operation as Delta has been ramping that up. And, you know, I covered airports and still do for all this time, and there are some great women out there running the largest airports. I mean, I think about Gina Marie Lindsay, who runs LAX, and I think about Kim Day out at Denver, um, and I think about one of my role models, Angela Gittens, who ran oh, yeah. um, Atlanta and Miami, and she's now the Director General of Airports Council International. Mm-hmm. So, you know... They're I love her. <laughs> She's I a wonderful too. woman. I, I had the opportunity to interview interview her last year at an ICAO event. Um, and in fact, she, we had a conversation that was uh, uh, very much in tune with some of the issues that you cover, and that was Wi-Fi at airports. <laughs> oh, one of our favorite topics. Oh, yes. She had some really interesting things to say about that. And one of the things that I thought w- was really profound is that, you know, because more and more airlines, particularly low-cost, cost carriers um, require passengers really to do a lot of the legwork themselves when it comes to delayed or canceled flights, to rebook themselves, to use their mobile devices, to use the internet to, to, to sort themselves out. Uh, the fact that there's less people, you know, real people to deal with, specifically with these low-cost carriers, she said it is imperative that these airports provide uh, free Wi-Fi that works, uh, especially during those times when there are gross uh, delays, because because you need everybody needs to be able to connect and be able to um, sort out the, the situation on their own. I, I thought it was really profound, and, and and yet another reason why robust connection at the airport is so essential. Of course, recent headline. I know we're going on a tangent here that you posted on the I love uh, sitting in business and first class, and, I, and I'm trying to remember how you phrased it. But um, you know, uh, our long national nightmare is over. Atlanta is bringing free Wi-Fi to passengers. <laughs> Another issue, I think, with regard to women getting into the most senior positions in this industry is that it's important that the pipeline kind of be primed a, a little bit. And that applies to women in any other group, actually. Uh, but I think that's a, a key issue is getting uh, women, especially uh, young women, young girls interested in aviation as a as a career. Yeah, what, what's your recommend? What's your recommendation, Benet, to to young girls who might be interested in a career in aviation? Well, this is a, a matter dear, near and dear to my heart, and it's something that I try to highlight highlight at AOPA. I write a lot of stories about women doing inspirational things and learning to fly, and we just um, picked our scholarship winner for the Women in Aviation Scholarship. I think getting women out to the airport, um, seeing what's there, talking to other women. I think about my friend Linda Meeks, who does Girls with Wings. I mean, just an amazing program. The the, the tagline is, girls need flight plans, not fairy tales. I love that. (laughs) 
I love that. And, you know, just getting that, yeah, just getting that exposure, whether through Girl Scouts. I mean, my daughter is is getting into it because her mother is an av geek. She's lucky. But, you know, there are all kinds of programs and things that people can do out there. All the applications that we got for this one scholarship that we had to give. And it was painful because there were so many great women out there qualified, doing wonderful things and promoting aviation. But, you know. Money is money, and we can only we can only award one scholarship. I, I love the fact that you are, uh, are are doing that and highlighting that. And in fact, uh, we're trying to do the same on on the Runway Girl Network. Um, in addition to having a, a, a cadre of fantastic female aviation journalists writing uh, for us, we uh, we also have a section of the site called Lean Into Aviation, where we want to highlight uh, the women in the aviation industry uh, that have done great things, both both past and present. Now, one thing I find really really interesting, and this is something that I, I've witnessed many. Many, many times. So I moderate uh, a lot of these panels um, at uh, these in-flight entertainment, in-flight connectivity panels at various different PAXX conferences. And it never fails where nine times out of 10, every single panelist is a man and usually a white man. And so I do wonder if there's lots of women in the industry that are doing amazing things, but they're not being pushed forward as the point person for their company, perhaps as much as some of the guys are. Uh, have, what do you think, Max? Do you think that that might be part of it? Yeah, I think I've seen that. It, it's a combination of supporting women in their career. And also, quite frankly, I've found that many women don't have the confidence the self-confidence that they need in order to uh, progress in their career, which is kind of amazing to me because I, I see extremely talented women who have lots and lots of potential, who have lots of really uh, valuable contributions that they've already made, and sometimes just don't have the sort of overt confidence that it kind of takes to uh, uh, advance in a what's sometimes a man's world, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that's the only way we're going to be able to deal with wage, um, the disparity in wages is that women need to actually uh, get that confidence to to demand the, the raises and, and the, the same type of pay as the men. And that's hard because, you know, we think a little different, differently than dudes generally. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not trying to generalize, but, you know, um, but we do really need to be able to say, listen, uh, I deserve to be paid the same as my male counterpart. Now, besides Girls with Wings, Linda Meek's uh, organization that people should check out, that's girlswithwings.com, by the way, just simply. Uh, we have something else coming up. We have Women of Aviation Week, March 3rd through 9th this year. This is a worldwide program where uh, people create events designed to introduce women, uh, young girls, particularly to aviation. Their website is womenofaviationweek.org. And in fact, uh, back in Airplane Geeks episode 281, we talked to uh, Victoria Nouvelle-Zyko, who's an instrument-rated pilot, and she's also in the uh, aviation insurance business. She's a VIP member of Women of Aviation Week, and we talked to her about uh, the events that are being created. And we've already seen a number of people respond and say, you know what, I'm, I'm bringing my daughter uh, to uh, to one of these events, and you know she's eight years old, but we're going to take her up on her first uh, airplane ride, and it's, it's a way to introduce people to, uh, you know, to the field. 
Benet, when are you going to take your daughter for a flight? Oh, been there, done that. (laughs) Um, Actually, AOPA is very involved in Women of Aviation Week. We have an event out at Frederick Airport in Maryland, which is across the street from our headquarters. And we all pitch in and volunteer and we get people. um, We pull out the AOPA fleet and we get um, people who have their own planes to volunteer. And we take up dozens of girls. And every year we have to turn people away, which just kills me, which is another reason why I want to get my my certificate so I can kind of jump in and and help fly these these girls because it's a life-changing experience for them. They go up and they're just amazed, especially the ones who get to sit in the um in the right seat and actually fly the plane. It's it's amazing and I think Women of Aviation Week worldwide is is such a a great program. Honest question. I'm not a very good driver. I'd love to fly, um, but I'm not very good at driving. Does one (laughs) impact the other? Uh, Because I'm a little bit worried about my poor passengers. You never saw my post on Aviation Queen, the 10 differences between flying and driving. No, I did not. (laughs) They're completely different. And you have, you know, your head gets a little, you see that yoke and you think that's the steering wheel, but it's not. You're still, you steer with your feet. And you learn these things. And Mary, I really, I hope that you do. I really hope that you decide to do it. And if you do, let me know. We've got resources, AOPA, that can help you and get you started. Thank you so much, Benet. I really appreciate it. Well, we are rapidly coming to a close here. I want to thank our many listeners. Wow, things have been really uh, heating up here at the PaxX podcast. Remember, you can find us online at RunwayGirlNetwork.com and on iTunes. Be sure to follow all the Runway Girl Network activity on Twitter at at RunwayGirl. And remember to use the PaxX hashtag when you're tweeting about the experience. We'd love for you to join in, in the conversation and whether that is your own personal PaxX experience or something that you see that you want to share uh, in the news. I'd like to reiterate our thanks to our sponsor, Lumexis, and I'd like to thank Benny Wilson for being our guest. Benny, where can listeners find you at? Well, you can find me at aviationqueen.com. I'm on Twitter as AvQueenBenet, and I will laugh, Max, but I am on Google Plus as Benet Wilson. <laughs> find me. <laughs> are, are, are these all multiple personalities, Benet? Or <laughs> no, these are all the same ones. I have other ones. You know how it is. I do. I do. And I want to highlight that you're also on Runway Girl Network, and we're very, very happy to have you. I'm very happy. And Mary, I just have to applaud you for doing this. It is just going like gangbusters. And I'm just so happy for you. Well deserved. Thank you so much. All right. Very good. Benet, it's been a pleasure talking with you again. And to everyone, join us again next week as we talk about the passenger experience on the PaxX podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.